Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 73. Psalm 73, one that we have read many times. I want our children and our youth to remember this psalm, a psalm of Asaph, song leader, song writer, psalm writer for David, as he describes a temporary delusion that occurred in his life when he saw the prosperity of the wicked, and it caused him to doubt the validity, the value, the purpose of his religion. And these things happen to God's people in spite of what commentators try to say in some cases about this psalm. They'll try to say these have to be false professors because a true professor of the Lord Jesus Christ or a true worshiper of God would never have such doubts. Where did they come from? And what illusions are they trying to force on us? David had such thoughts himself in numerous psalms, along with Asaph. And so have the people of God. We know by our own experience, we know by the testimony of other writers in Scripture. I will not comment long on this psalm. You should know it by now, but I want the children and youth to know it. Repetition is part of learning. Asaph was David's songwriter. Most of the time he was one joyful man in praising God and worshiping the Lord. David wouldn't have chosen him for the office unless he was such a man. But he's going to describe in the first 16 verses that when he saw the wicked around him prospering, that it caused him to be discouraged about the trouble that he went through in his religion of self-denial. He's going to describe those wicked and how it wasn't fair to him at the moment that they should be living so happily and so well, though they were wicked. In the 17th verse, however, he is going to come into the sanctuary of God, which is where we are right now. And when he comes into the sanctuary and he hears the word of God read and explained and the worship of God there led, he comes to his senses that he had been foolish to be distracted by the wicked of this world. He was grieved. He was convicted. He was pricked about it. He told the Lord that he was ignorant. He was foolish. And he was like a beast. Verse 22. And then he reminds the Lord himself that nevertheless, though I had such a failure in my attitude and spirit, Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand so that it did not end. He was brought back to the sanctuary and revived in his spirit. Verse 24, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. He understood that there's a whole lot more to life than just these 70 years he saw the glory of Romans chapter 8 held out for him as his hope, his good hope through grace. And so he was comforted and strengthened. And then he makes that declaration that we often quote in verses 25 and 26, that he had nothing or and no one on earth or in heaven that could compare to the presence of the Lord in his life and that it was good for him to draw near to God, he tells us in the last verse. 
Let's all stand together and read in unison. Psalm 73 is part of our worship this morning. We can find ourselves in the first half of Asaph from time to time, but let's make sure we're in the second half of this psalm this day. Amen. Together. Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, How doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say, I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation? As in a moment, they are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one awaketh, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I, and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For, lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. 
Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all thy works. Amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated. A couple of key statements. Verse 3. I was envious at the foolish when I saw. The lesson we are about to undertake in Romans chapter 8 verses 24 and 25 is on the difference between seeing and hope. And so in Psalm 73 we see the danger of seeing. The Bible tells us we walk by faith, not by sight. If you can see it, it's of this world that is going to be burned up. The things that we believe in are the most precious. The things of God, whom you have not seen either, are out of sight. And we need to remember that. The things that you can see on the internet, on the television, at school, at work, on the road, and many other places are the things in verse 3 that cost Asaph his consolation, his hope, his peace for a while. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw. It is our duty. It is our privilege to come into the house of God and to hear things and to read things from from God's Word that we use as the basis for our thinking, our lifestyle, our worldview, and our faith, rather than what we see. Because the great things are unseen. You haven't seen the Lord of glory, Jesus Christ. You haven't seen an angel, yet they're all around us in this assembly. You haven't seen spiritual wickedness in high places except for its symptoms. You haven't seen God, as I already said once. And so we come in here to remind ourselves in the sanctuary of all the things that cannot be seen, but that are declared to us in the written revelation of our Holy Bibles. And upon that written revelation, we build our faith and construct our hope. Because God said it, that settles it for us. We fully believe those things to be absolutely certain, sure, and true. Asaph forgot that by what he saw. So it's very important for us to guard what we see, what we think about, what we talk about, and what we pursue. We should be thinking and talking and pursuing things of God's Word that maybe we haven't seen, but the Bible has declared to us to be the more valuable choice. By far, the more valuable choice. You read with me Asaph's confusion and the pain of the thoughts he was having. He said in verse 16, when I thought to know this, when I reflected and meditated upon this confusing, hopeless view of life, it was too painful for me. Until I went in to the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. I was reminded where they're all going. And once I was reminded of where they're all going and that God has not forsaken me now and he will not forsake me later, I was comforted. He's going to receive me into glory and he's going to hold me by his right hand. He's going to guide me by his counsel while I'm alive. He's continually with me. 
I am blessed and blessed. I'm blessed now and I'll be blessed later. But that is not the case for them. He is going to tear them to shreds as a man awaking from a dream. And so the psalm ends. It is good for me to draw near to God. And that's why we're here this morning. To draw near to God by faith in what He has told us is the true reality of this life and the next. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. Asaph was back to writing psalms of praise, very unlike Psalm 73. May the Lord be praised. Amen.